You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I have such a fun treat for you all today. Gila Kurtz, who's the founder and co-owner of Dog Is Good, which... You know, first of all, you got to love somebody who comes up with a brand like that um, because it really speaks to so much about, you know, what we stand for here at Superpower Experts, which is the idea that you can do things however you want to do them and, and do the things that you're passionate about and really follow your own example um, as opposed to thinking things have to be done a particular way. So I love the fact that she has this passion and this love for dogs and, and created a successful seven-figure-year business in the dog space. That's huge. And so for all of you out there that are sitting there thinking that, you know, your hobby or the thing that you love or the thing that you're most interested in wouldn't make a good business, you know, I'm here to tell you that's not true. And I love the fact that Gila represents that and she can share with you a bit about her journey and how she got to that place. So without further ado, we're going to be, oh, we'll, we'll be talking with Gila today about pet entrepreneur ideas. So very exciting stuff. Please join me in welcoming her to the show. Welcome, Gila. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Tanya. I'm excited to be here. Very cool. Very cool. So we're going to jump in and ask, what are your superpowers? Superpowers. Oh, my gosh. I think, without a doubt, that my number one superpower is discipline. I think I developed that at quite an early age, and it has carried me through in so many scenarios. I, I would have to say if I had one key superpower, that would be it. I love it. I love it. Plain and simple. And, and it, 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 it lends itself so nicely to both the dog space as well as the business space, as well as just the, you know, we talk a lot here about self-dominion and, and that discipline piece is so incredibly crucial. And, and I think, you know, as we're, we're going through personal growth or spiritual growth or whatever the case may be, sometimes we forget about that little piece. You know, we, we move into kind of that surrender, trusting phase, and we forget that there really is action that has to be taken. And I was interviewing somebody earlier, and they were talking about how surrender isn't a passive activity. And so whether you've had that experience or not, the idea of incorporating discipline into what you're doing, I think speaks volumes. And, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that perhaps that is how you were able to develop a successful seven figure business. Do you, is that, is that, a, is that an accurate connection to make there? I think so. And I think that discipline falls into so many arenas in one's life. Um, it, it, it goes to the desire to improve oneself. So, you know, as you just mentioned, personal development or spiritual development, I mean, there's first that idea of something that one wants to achieve or experience. And then there's those steps that one needs to take in order to make that happen. And certainly along the way, it's never a direct line from concept in one's head to um, achieving the goal. It's always um, a combination of a roller coaster and, um, correction cur turns along the way to get there and having the discipline to a know to discover what needs to be done but to be able to take action on that every single day even when you get knocked down the discipline to get yourself back up the discipline to keep um, pursuing your own um, you know personal enhancement along the way um, to become not only the best version of yourself but more importantly, to create things that ultimately make a big difference in the world around you. And it takes discipline to make that happen. Mm, I love that. 
Thank you. So talk to me a little bit about how you got into the dog space. How did this all come about? Well, it came about um, as a result of other businesses that I had started along the way. I am married to a now retired naval um, captain, Navy captain, and who's now, he um, is also my partner in the business. But uh, prior to that, as a military spouse, you're moving every couple of years. And it's kind of a challenge to create something that you can take with you wherever you go and continue to build. And that left, um, presented me with opportunity to start a number of different businesses, depending on where we were at. And all of which, you know, I gained great learning opportunity, but it was when we were living in Washington, D.C. area, Northern Virginia, that I started a gourmet coffee vending business. And on my route, I always took my Dalmatian lab mix along with me. And at the end of the route, we would always end up at the dog park. And it was there that I discovered the first opportunity that one could have in the pet space for me. And that was um, the idea of becoming a professional dog walker. There was this man that walked into the dog park with six dogs. I'd never seen somebody with so many dogs. And I'd never even heard this is, you know, already almost um, 20 years. Well, it is 20 years ago. I never even heard of the idea that one could get paid to just play with and walk dogs. <laughs> How cool would that be? And this guy was making a lot of money doing it. So I figured that the next move um, would take me to a place where I would launch that as a business. But our next move took us to a rural area in uh, Florida and people did not need dog walkers or pet sitters. They pretty much either let their dogs run free on the lands or had them chained up out back, which certainly is a no-no in my book. Um, but what it did um, open the door to was the opportunity of um, coming full circle back to my original goals in life of becoming a teacher. And so rather than be a dog walker, I pursued a career as a dog trainer. And managed to grow a successful dog training business in a, the um, ensuing uh, duty stations that we, we were at, Florida, and then Pennsylvania, and then the state of Washington. But it was in the state of Washington that um, my passion for dogs was growing on a much deeper level, not just the work that I was doing, but more importantly, how they were beginning to impact who I was becoming as a person, and how they were impacting the lives of the families that I was helping. And at one continuing education conference, there was a, a vendor booth there that was selling some t-shirts. They were very simple white t-shirts, each one with a, with a dog breed on it, and each one said the same thing. I love my, and then you, you know, whatever the dog breed was. And I remember standing there thinking, yeah, I do love my Dalmatian, no doubt about that. I love my hound mix as well. But there's something more than just this feeling of love that's going on. And I wanted the ability to be able to express that in a more poignant way, but also in a way that was stylish and kind of hip and sort of um, showcased who I was as a dog lover. And that's where John and I came up with the idea to launch this business dog is good. And for the past 10 years, that's um, what I've been most focused on. Wow, such a great story. And it's like, you know, in retrospect, <laughs> it always makes sense, right? It's like this led to this, led to this. And, I, and I'd imagine in yeah. the middle, it didn't always make so much sense. But it was, 
you know, it's really the, the ability to, to kind of take this concept and really just having the courage to put one foot in front of the other, I think is huge. That goes back to that discipline piece, but also real courage. Like it's not, you know, I, I'm very familiar with the military spaces and, and I wouldn't say that the entrepreneur thing is deeply embedded in the military spouse culture. Um, you know, I think that, I think that there are, it exists, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily an inherent part of that. And so it, you know, that takes courage to step forward and say, okay, what am I going to do here? And, and how do I want to do it? And especially because it'd be so easy to relax into the idea that you're moving around all the time, how difficult it must be to build anything or to sustain something or whatever. And so I really honor the fact that you stepped into that space and kept asking, like, how am I going to do this? How do I given the circumstances of your, of your life situation, how you wanted to build a business around, um, you know, around that versus kind of throwing your hands up in the air or thinking it had to be in a specific box that didn't work for you. Right. Now it's a really great observation. And I think one of the elements that became part of my um, ability to step into new ideas, because there were, you know, a couple of different things that I had done along the way, um, in the past, um, well, 20 years before we started Dog is Good. And I guess it was, uh, I, and maybe this is another superpower, but it's the ability to look at possibility versus the reality of what's fully in front of you. You know, it's very easy to see a situation and see it for exactly what it is. And then there's another way to, we're all presented with the opportunity to choose a different perception. And so for me, it was always about, okay, cool. I get to reinvent myself again because nobody knows who I am or whatever. And so there's just all this possibility. But the key for me in all of those locations, because we lived places only for two years, um, maybe at the most, it was a couple of times, maybe three years. But in a two-year period, if you're going to do something, man, you got to dive in quick and make it happen. And that's where the discipline part comes in. Um, it's almost like, oh, I only have two years. I better hurry up. I didn't have time to really think through. Um, possible failure or what if it doesn't work or have all those little conversations um, because I just needed to get in there, roll up my sleeves, get it done, and then move on to the next location. Ideally, um, as I discovered with the dog training, uh, creating something that was portable really made all the difference. And certainly, uh, dog is good was made uh, was possible because by the time we finally uh, launched that, we uh, my husband was nearing the end of his Navy career. We weren't going to be moving anymore. So I could actually like build that foundation and then continue to grow, grow upon it. I love the fact that you're talking about how you have this limited time and <laughs> it's like, you better run. I think that's so perfect. What a great thing to kind of use to your advantage. Like I said before, rather than looking at it as a disadvantage. Very powerful. Let's tell people where they can go to find out um, more about you. Well, they can uh, learn more about me as well as Dog is Good by going to dogisgood.com. And uh, there's all the information on the brand right available on the website. And then in the bio section, there's certainly uh, a little bit about me. Um, one of the things that they can also do if they want to learn even more about me is uh, take time out to read Fur-Covered Wisdom, A Dog Can Change the Way You See the World. It's a book that I authored a couple years ago, and quite honestly, it was a very pivotal point in the growth of our company and in my own um, 
personal growth, my personal journey, and is the basis by which um, I'm creating new programs and uh, choose to live life, uh, a life more inspired by the lessons that we learn through our dogs. Beautiful. I love it. Well, we're going to take a quick break. You're going to want to stick with us because when we come back, we're going to talk with Gila about more about her experiences and, and how you can start taking some action and invoking that discipline today in your business or in a potential business that maybe you've been noodling about for a little bit. So stay with us. We're talking with Gila Kurtz about pet entrepreneur ideas, and we'll be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. You're listening to the Superpower Podcast, and we've been talking with Gila Kurtz about pet entrepreneur ideas. So Gila, talk to me about a, a little bit about what you've seen since you emerged into that pet space. What are some of the kind of unusual business ideas that you're seeing out there or maybe things that, that in retrospect, you know, you, you could have done as well or even some kind of ancillary programs that you're exploring in the pet space to, to get people really thinking about creatively thinking about, you know, how to, how to build a business around pets? Right. And it's such a great question because the pet industry, as many people know, it is absolutely booming and continuing to explode year after year. Um, part of that is driven by our need to be with our animals and the shift in and the evolution in how we view our animals as pets, um, which we no longer do. They are really not considered our pets anymore. They truly are considered family. And um, we often like to joke that the dogs have gone from the backyard and into the bedroom. And now basically everywhere we go, they are completely um, incorporated into our lifestyle. And as a result, that has um, created new opportunities for entrepreneurs to really dive into any number of areas in order to grow a business that they feel passionate about um, that can be fruitful and um, profitable, but also um, something that can make either a difference or that gets them excited to get out of bed. And there's, you know, I'll, I'll, there's because there's so many different verticals, I'll, I'll touch on a few, and then you certainly can ask questions on them. But there's the traditional, you know, pet industry type uh, businesses around commodities. So um, the production or creation of hard goods like collars and leashes and bowls and things that, that the pets might might use. Um, there's now uh, more, one of the things that's very fascinating is that often what's happening in the human space usually transcends into the pet space within a two to three year period. So right now, very popular are things around health and wellness and nutrition. And so um, you're seeing a lot of um, specialty products in the form of let's say health and wellness, like essential oil products, uh, pain relief products, wellness things that enhance the overall um, 
uh, health and physical well-being of the pet. So all these different kinds of products, you know, coming on the market, those, those are ways, one way to get into a business, uh, creating and manufacturing hard goods or soft good products. Then you have all your services as they relate to pets, such as um, uh, dog trading. Well, that's you know something that I did and continue to do. Um, and then within the dog training world, it's like anything, it's really powerful if you're able to niche, uh, really niche down to a key area rather than be everything to everybody. So for me, in my um, place in life currently, my specialty is uh, raising your perfect puppy and the education of, uh, that's involved with that, as well as helping people get their pups right out of the gate to uh, grow into behaviorally sound and well-mannered pets that they can enjoy, enjoy both in and out of their homes. Um, but then there's, you know, the people who specialize in fear or aggression, um, things, things like that. There's certainly pet photography for people who have an interest in, um, in photography and taking their talents in that realm. Um, and even with that, you know, specializing, like maybe you focus only on senior pets and capturing those very um, beautiful memories at the le- later stages in life, you know, as, a, as an option. Um, there's other services like food delivery services, um, canine massage, canine tea touch. Gosh, I could Gosh, there's so many. There's um, for afterlife, there's grief counseling if you're someone that's inclined to work directly with people and helping them uh, work through that grief that they experience with, with pet loss. Gosh, I'm, I'm thinking like, wow, there's, there are so <laughs> many things. <laughs> there's, there's you're brilliant. Many things. I, think, I think it depends on what your interest is. But, you know, one of the things that I feel really strongly about is once you create and determine for yourself what um, what avenue you want to pursue because you're most excited about it, then it's looking at that avenue or, and thinking outside of the box again so that you can approach it in a way that really helps you stand out. Because the pet space is so popular, we do see a lot of Me Too uh, products, services, and concepts um, that if people are a little bit more creative and clever and consider um, specializing and becoming well-known for a particular niche in that area, um, they're going to uh, yield much greater results. You know, I, I see that all the time. My husband and we came out of the government sector and kind of started the corporate counterintelligence firm and advised businesses. That That's the story across the board is that we have a hesitancy to really niche down. I think it feels like, you know, it kind of triggers that scarcity concept that we all have. But the the, the ones who are really truly willing to niche down always do better they're always more successful one i mean it's easy to refer because when somebody has a very specific niche versus kind of these broad strokes like you know saying you're in the pet space well as you just identified that that's huge it's a very 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 diverse field i love the connection that you made between the um you know what happens in the human space is transferred over to the to, to the pet space I think it's brilliant. And so, so that's something to look at too, folks, if you're looking at trends, you know, what, what's popular in, in the human space. And then you can pretty well predict if, if it is transferable. You know, I don't know that animals are going to be trading cryptocurrency anytime soon, but you can certainly look at, <laughs> you know, what's coming up and, and, and try to get ahead of that curve or, or don't even worry about that piece. I like fun games like that, but not everyone does. And it's simply a matter of 
you know, if, if you've picked up nothing from what Gila's been talking about, you know, latch on to the idea that it's so diverse and the idea that, you know, if you're interested in it, you can probably build a business around it. Um, I think that's absolutely brilliant. So one of the areas that I wanted to touch on was, I think, I think we'd be remiss not to comment about the fact that the, you know, when you're dealing with animals and pets and everything else, that there's, you know, that's a superpower in and of itself. You know, you hear a lot of times Hollywood directors and producers talking about the idea that if you're going to have a movie with animals and pets in it, like there, that's a whole other level of expertise and, and, and variables that can go awry. I would imagine that's true when you start to build a business around, you know, pets and they're, they're not, not necessarily unpredictable, but not necessarily always controllable through, <laughs> through human means. How, you know, what sort of, you know, have you asked yourself like what sort of superpowers you have in that arena? Do you, you know, do you just tend to kind of know how to connect with the animal or um, have you given that any thought? You know, it's funny. Um, I'm going to interpret this from my dog training hat that I wear. Um, I think that there is a superpower involved when you're dealing with animals, when you are able to make an instant connection. And I, I feel that's something that um, I was able to do right from the get-go. And I didn't even grow up. I did not grow up with dogs. So the world of canine really was uh, relatively new to me um, when I got my first dog. And um, But there is something very interesting when you step into to a space and you step into it with a confidence and, a, and an unspoken level of leadership that the dogs around you tend to look at you differently and respond in a way um, that is a little bit different. Um, when I am going to people's homes and helping them with their puppies and I chuckle quietly to myself as they're sharing how unruly and out of control their dogs are and yet I step in and know immediately um, how to position myself and how to engage in posture and speak or not speak as the case often is. I actually rarely do speak to the dog, um, but suddenly enabled to get them to focus and to pay attention. Um, it, it's about how you show up and what your, what your presence is like and understanding what the world is like from their perspective so that you can get the, the behaviors that you're looking for. Um, you know, so and, and I think that that's something that is could easily be transferred for anyone once they learn how to be that way, but that it's a way of being that should be consistent in every scenario. You know, one of the things that um, uh, pack animals look to is, is their leader. I hate to use the word alpha this or whatever, because you know, I don't really practice that in training, but it, in terms of leadership, it's pervasive. And that is when you have a solid leader, your pack, if you will, um, doesn't have to worry about stuff. They know that they're going to be taken care of. They know that the resources will be there. They know that you, they have your back or you have their back rather. And the same can be true for how you show up in a relationship or in um, your business as a leader for your team or for your customers, how you show up when it's consistent, when these people know exactly what to expect from you and that you can, uh, um, unequivocally give to them the reinforcements or the uh, feedback that they need to continue to improve or become the best version of themselves, or in the case of dogs, offer you behaviors that they aren't instinctively um, known to come into your home with, like all those beautiful 
um, uh, obedient skills, then uh, then you get those results. It's all based in how you are showing up. You know, ironically, that's how um, really the inception point for superpower experts came to be was doing the due diligence and risk mitigation and, and corporate counterintelligence work that we were doing. So many business owners were coming to us and, and, and demonstrating patterns of really abdicating their power in certain situations, which was putting their business at risk or causing them to lose money or time or IP or something. You know, some people lost their entire businesses because of that. And it just became really clear that that had to be addressed, you know, that, that they were going to continue to make really poor decisions over and over and over again, unless they changed what they were doing. And it always came down to, are they really stepping into those leadership roles? Are they asking hard questions? Are they holding people accountable? Are they making those decisions so that the business itself has a chance of surviving that the employees or the, you know, people involved have a, you know, can, can relax into that leadership. And it just kind of trickled down from there. I think it's across the board and, you know, they say animals and kids, you know, don't lie when it comes to somebody's energy. And that's a big part of what we train people in is how do you manage that? We call it, you know, here superpowers, we call it the individual resonance to make sure that you're not emitting energetic signals that you're not even aware that you're emitting. Right. But if you're sitting right. there looking at a dog yeah. and the dog's not listening to you, it's like, it's easy to blame the dog. You know, that's the convenient right. answer, but it's like, what does the dog, if the dog doesn't have a vested interest in, in you or your status, it just wants to know it's going to be okay. It wants to know who to trust. And if you're not going to hold that energy, it's going to have to do it on its own. And that often results in energy and, and behaviors that we don't particularly enjoy in our pets. <laughs> we want to be disciplined. So it's like, you know, but, but ultimately like we teach people the projection never lies. And so if the animal's being unruly, it's like, if, but we use that even with our daughter, you know, early on when she was little, my husband, and I looked at it as she was our barometer. You know, if something was off with her, it's, it's convenient to blame the baby, you know, but it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> but maybe we should take a hard look at what's going on in our environment. And it wasn't necessarily always a hit on us, but it may have been that the environment we were in, or there was, um, energetic friction between us or within one of us or both of us or whatever the case may be. And mm -hmm. inevitably, if we address that, then she calmed down, you know, it was pretty magical. And so I think animals give us a great opportunity to see our own reflection if we're willing to look at it in that way. Um, and I love, I, I, love I just have that. this, I had this vision of you walking into a home and being like, oh, really? Like, and, oh, and it's like, well, yeah, but that's you. And it's like, and it can be you too. Like, like, but you have to right. really want to step into that space or you're going to have a real rocky relationship with your animal. I love this analogy that you just, just stated, especially as it relates to parenting too. And your use of the word barometer, that's a wonderful um, tool for feedback. And you hit on that key point as well, where it is about your willingness to take a peek into that mirror that's being held up in front of you. Um, and that takes a lot of self-awareness, but that's such a great message to share because um, it is so, so, so true. Um, so I, I really appreciate that you, you're sharing that thought because um, it's very powerful. Mm, well, thank you. And, and I think it's important that your work be recognized in that capacity as well. Like it's easy, I think for some people to disregard the pet space as being maybe not as serious or anything else, but that's not what you're doing. I, I, you even said it before the break, like you're transforming the lives of these families that you work with. Um, I, my 
my bias is, is that that's, we're all in the transformation game, all of us, no matter what gateway you mm-hmm. use to connect with people, we are here to, you know, kind of better ourselves to help others better themselves. And, and at the end of the day, just kind of help each other be a little bit more whole and who we are and, and move closer into our own evolution and self dominion. And, and I think, I think that the pet space is a fantastic space to do that. And because it's so enmeshed in our own neediness and, and, and love needs and attachment needs and, and um, for, for some people, it's so much easier to put that off into an animal um, because they find human relationships more challenging. And so it's great. Like you get to get them through that, you know, so where they may not seek us out for guidance with their superpowers, they're going to seek you out because they're attached to this concept of having this pet that, that completes them in subcapacity, but that kind of um, you know, you know, interdependence on that animal isn't, isn't really working. Um, and it becomes obvious then in behavior issues and animals will always show us that, you know, whether they're, they're wild right. animals, domestic animals, like it doesn't really matter. You're going to be able to see it if you're willing to look for it. So I, I think that, you know, the work that you do it certainly falls into that capacity and, um, we would be remiss to, to ignore that, um, because I think, I think that it's powerful and, and I love the fact that you're using that as the gateway to touch people's lives. I think it's perfect. Right. Well, thank you. I Absolutely. appreciate that. Well, let's, uh, you know, obviously folks, Gila is a wealth of information, both around the transformation space and her own superpowers, but also as it relates to really kind of going outside the box and looking at, looking at business and through different lenses and, and, and I would hope that at the very least you got out of this, that, that there's all kinds of ways you can do business and you can really look at what you're interested in. And, um, you know, for us, it was when we came out of government, we made a pact to not do business unless our daughter could be involved. And that's unheard of. Like, like people told us we were nuts and we, we, we turned down business and we walked away from opportunities because of it. But the same is true with your dogs, like more and more workspaces are allowing animals in or you, you can build your business however you want to build it. Um, and, and I, th- I think that Gila, you've done a really great job of identifying that for folks. So let's remind them again, where they can go to find out more about you and about the work that you're doing. Well, thank you. Um, they can go to, I want to invite everybody actually to join, um, our private Facebook group. That would be the dog is good lifestyle group. That's a great place for dog lovers, um, to connect. So that's first and foremost. And then secondly, dogisgood.com is the website for all of the uh, products and information and a place where you can learn a little bit more about me. And you can also reach me privately at Gila. My name's spelled G-I-L-A at dogisgood.com to learn more about my um, interests and passions and sharing what I refer to as that fur-covered wisdom and how dogs can change the way we see the world. Um, I'm happy to uh, talk to anybody about that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I just honor your journey and the work that you're doing in the world. And um, please let us know how we can continue to support you. I think it's important. Well, thank you, Tanya. This has been great. And um, I appreciate the work that you're doing and helping others share, share their message um, to, to make a difference out there. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're glad to have you on. And for all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. Thank you for listening. Until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.